Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon, everyone, and I'd like to welcome you to our show today. And I have with me Dr. Jacqueline Buckley, who is a podiatrist with the Integrative Foot and Ankle Centers of Washington. They have offices actually located in uh, a number of our cities in this part of Washington. There's one in Kirkland, Everett, and Renton. Uh, But I'll have her talk more about the office locations in a little bit. But welcome to the show, Dr. Buckley. It's wonderful to have you with us. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. Excellent. Now, we want to jump right into our topic today. It's entitled, How Important Are Our Feet? And so I'm going to ask you that just to lead us into um, our discussion today, Dr. Buckley. Just how important are our feet and, and the attention that we should give these feet? That's an excellent question. Our feet are so very important. I think that sometimes people um, don't really get the full grasp of just how important they really are. Um, Our feet are, of course, important for getting us where we need to go, helping us walk, and things like that. But really there's so much. There's 26 bones in the foot. And so when you think about how important they are, if one dynamic is off in any way, it can affect affect your feet in such a disproportionate way. For example, um, your feet are important to just continue. Some people, your quality of life is important and based upon your feet, you know, so you need to be able to work and to get, you know, tasks done and completed. So some things that, the common things that I see in the practice are um, things such as we deal with everything from plantar warts, which can bring a lot of pain to the bottom of the foot. We deal with ingrown toenails, which can be pretty painful, as well as um, soft tissue masses. Um, I have unfortunately seen some forms of cancer that manifest in the feet, also some ankle fractures, ankle instability. And, of course, we have um, I have a large population of um, older patients who need to maintain their feet in optimum foot health as they age. So it's a variety of things and how, you know, our feet affect our overall health. When I think about, thank you for that, and over the years I've had um, podiatric care, uh, in fact, we met uh, due to uh, my mother who was visiting with me for um, a good portion of the year, and uh, she is on a regularly scheduled um, foot maintenance program, and because she was away from her um, um, position in the state she lives, we came upon you, and I'm so glad we did because I've indicated to you that even today I'm making an appointment for myself. But over the weekend, I noticed that my feet seemed to be extremely tired, and I knew I would be speaking with you, not trying to get uh, medical care uh, on our show, but and, I, and, and knowing that I needed to make an appointment. But what I did, I remembered... Uh, a treatment or a, a recommendation, I should say, that a another uh, podiatrist when I lived elsewhere um, had recommended regularly bathing the feet in um, either salt 
or Epsom salt to help soothe them. Now, I don't remember, other than to help soothe them, what that actually did. If anything, I'd like you to speak to that because when I shower, I don't get the same kind of relief on my feet, even though I might take my foot and stick it up towards the spray of the water. But when I actually immerse them either in the bathtub or my foot bath, there is tremendous, I, I see, I note a tremendous difference. What's that all about? What's going on? Well, as we all know, that salt is really good for a number of things. It's something that's found naturally in the earth, and it's really good for um, for inflammation, for inflammation and um so it also helps to soothe. So like you said, that you're feeling so much better when you actually soak in the tub with Epsom salt rather than when you shower. It's a little bit yes. different. So um, the thought process behind it is that um, the salt is going to help to draw out any impurities. Um, they believe that some Epsom salts are antibacterial as well mm. as antifungal. And that oh. is also just good at alleviating um, just some of the pressure that you feel and some of the fatigue that your muscles feel. So a lot of people will love to add just a little bit, a few tablespoons of that Epsom salt to really just bring out any impurities, any inflammation, and to help soothe your feet. Ah, well, that's excellent. That's something that we can do on a proactive basis, isn't it? It's very, and it's something that's very, very easy to do. And for some yeah. people, it's kind of like making your own foot spa. You, there's different types. There's lavender. Some pe- some are flavored with eucalyptus. You can get some that are flavored with lemon. And even if you don't have one, you can just get essence salt, and it's very easy to uh, add an, a scent-based oil to it. And then Epsom salt just, I mean, it can help to get rid of your, um, to alleviate some of the calluses that you have, the dry um, scaly skin on the bottom of your feet to help soothe that because we definitely don't want people to have cracks in their feet, which can lead to infection. So Epsom salt is wonderful, and you can get it almost anywhere. Yes, thank you for that. Now, is there a um, a normal, maybe that's not the right word, but a routine that you would advise people to adhere to uh, since we're on this, you know, we're talking about the Epsom salt, is, are there other factors that you can add to that? I mean, are there exercises that people ought to be doing, particularly as we're aging? I'm a boomer, and I'm, I pay close attention to any <clears throat> excuse me, information that I can glean that will help me in the aging process. That is a great question. Many people ask, you know, what is there, you know, what's a great exercise to do? And a great exercise simply is it's something that's free (laughs) and doesn't Uh cost a lot of money. You don't have to join a gym. Just walking. It's so good for your overall health to just walk, to go outside. And I know that we live in this beautiful, you know, very sunshiny state where it rains quite a majority (laughs) of the time. But it's something that's really easy that you can do. It gets your heart um, it gets your heart pumping, gets the circulation in your feet going, which makes you not just feel good in your feet, but feel good overall. Just put all you need is a good quality, good pair of shoes. That's all you need, and you can really just go and walk. And it, and even little simple things. People are like, well, I, I can't walk. I don't want to walk. Go park further away from the store. Take yeah. that extra step to walk into the store. And that will help. Just something so easy as far as that. I, I really recommend 
totally 30 minutes of just walking a day, just 30 minutes. We, you know, there's 24 hours in a day, and 30 minutes are just kind of, and that can help you decompress and do other parts, you know, help with other parts of your body. Um, you know, I also like to take a holistic method, you know, to foot care, and that's another thing. You're, this is an overall person, so you really want to make sure that everything is in tune. So 30 minutes of just walking a day, very simple. Um, another thing that I just recommend in regards to just good foot care is just making sure, number one, it sounds so simplistic, but making sure that you wash your feet regularly. I know it sounds, like I said, so simplistic, but just making sure that you're washing the feet with, um, you know, with soap and water. You don't need anything special, nothing expensive. Also, too, making sure that you dry your feet well, um, some people get um, their feet are just naturally moist, so it's nice to just take a towel and pat dry and even do a swipe in between each toe because sometimes people will get what's called interdigital macerations where it looks like you've been in the tub for too long and it gets very white, and that can actually get that can just actually just get very, very moist and actually lead to infection inside the interspaces of your toes. And, just, and, and then to follow that is with a nice emollient-rich cream. There's so many that you can use to just keep your feet nice and moist because we don't want the feet too moist so that it creates an over, you know, absurdness of bacteria, but we don't want them too dry either because that can have an, an also an adverse effect. So we want to keep them at an optimal, you know, an optimal temperature and an optimal, an optimal moisture level okay. as well. Okay. All righty. One other question for now regarding um, um, you, when you talked about walking and getting a good pair of shoes, can you give us some guidance on that, or, or, is, or is that something that's just too expensive for you to address on air? That is a wonderful question, and sometimes it can be very expensive. Um, I've actually held a lecture in my Renton office. Um, just a little side note, I'm in um, Renton um, four days a week, Monday, uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday. And then I'm in the Kirkland office on Thursday. Um, but it's just, I, I had a lecture here. I'm always trying to just, you know, just educate people on shoes because that's a huge question people ask. But just, a, you know, just overall, you want a shoe that's supportive, okay? So a shoe not like something flat like a Converse or a Van-type shoe, but just a nice supportive shoe, um, that is going to cradle the foot, and a lot of people feel they'll put their thumb at the end of the toe to feel for the big toe to make sure mm -hmm. there's adequate, you know, one thumb's length, and that's good. But the biggest thing is if you reach down and touch your foot right at the ball of your foot, just right on the inside of the shoe, drag that across to the fifth where that other bone is, straight across, those mm. big bones, not in the toes, but at the start of the foot, you really want to make sure that you have enough room there. And I always tell people you should be able to move, spread your toes when you have on shoes. Once you try uh. that shoe on, you should be able to spread your toes. You should be able to lift your toes. Put your toes down. If it doesn't feel good in any of those ranges of motion, that's not a good shoe for you. Ah, excellent. I've never uh, gotten that uh, perspective, and so... That's certainly beneficial for me, and I can only imagine that it's beneficial for those who are listening. Well, we are you. running um, quickly, going down on our time, but would you address the area of neuropathy in our feet? Oh, Is that too big for today, or should I ask you back for another time? 
Well, I would love to come back for another time, but I'll just quickly, because we're running out of time, touch on okay. neuropathy. Um, <laughs> okay. Most of the neuropathy that I see is diabetic neuropathy. But people just think of when they think podiatry that it's just going to be diabetic neuropathy. But there's neuropathy from a host of things. There's neuropathy. Can I interrupt you one moment? Let's explain. Sure. It's my fault. I'd like you to explain neuropathy. I should have oh. um, led into that. Great. Neuropathy is anything, um, any pathology of the nerve usually an adverse pathology. For some people, that means that they get numbness, tingling, a stabbing pain, a burning pain, um, just anything adverse of the nerve. That's what neuropathy is. Yes. Okay, so now proceed. Go ahead and oh. tell us what you're saying. I, I, I just thought that I might need that we might need to weave in the, the definition just in case. And that's a great question because you have to know what it is so you'll know, so, you know. <laughs> Definitely. Okay. But um, there's diabetic neuropathy, which I see often. There's also neuropathy associated with um, with alcohol, um, alcohol abuse. There is um, associated with immuno um, immunodeficiencies such as HIV/AIDS. Um, some um, neuropathy associated with neuromuscular disorders, um, things like um, cerebral palsy or any kind of thing that affects your your spinal column and your um, Nerves. And then there's also, um, as well, there's some people who are idiopathic. That means that there's really no reason for it. And also some of the medications that we take and the, um, and then there's different kinds of, there's, you can have an overpoisoning of some of the things that we find in nature like lead or arsenic. So there's a couple of things that lead to neuropathy. And also problems with your back. I see that commonly as well. Wow. So uh, someone with a back problem could really manifest itself in your office, and you would have you would be able to deal with that in some kind of a way. I'm not saying of the back specifically, but you would be able to um, join the, per, the the individual's other caregiver in terms of uh, remedying this situation. Is that, am I hearing you correctly? That is absolutely correct. It happens often where people come in, and I really try to get, like I said, these are a complete person. It's, nobody comes in just with legs and feet. And sometimes there are some conditions of the spine that will lead to some neuropathy down below. And so we really want to address that, and I do work with, I feel like, very much the concerted team effort. So I work very closely with the primary care physician. Um, there are times where I have to get a vascular surgeon and involved, not for this particular reason, but neurologists. It's just a lot of people on a team. A nutritionist may sometimes be um, involved for caring for the whole person. So definitely you want to look at other things and make sure that you're taking care of this complete person and taking good care of them. So it's very much a team effort. Well, I'm very much looking forward to you coming back again. Um, I do want to say that I am totally, totally indebted to you for the time that you did attend my mom. In fact, I want to share with the audience that it was because of a visit to you that we learned my mom wasn't feeling so well that day and because of Dr. Uh, Buckley and the Integrative Foot and Ankle Center of Washington, we uh, learned that she had a very low blood pressure reading. And that led to us um, working with her and the doctors we were referred to to eventually have her um, have to uh, have an IV. She was 
not totally dehydrated, but she was bridging dehydration. And so um, I'm very much indebted to you, Dr. Buckley, for um, not only that, but for the good care that you um, gave to my mother. And I also want to plug this office. She has no idea that I'm going to say this, but I was just flabbergasted at the cleanliness of the office, not only in its appearance when you walk through the doors, but I was there um, and noted um, I was there a little longer than normal. Ordinarily, I would not have seen this because I would have gone and they would have done what they did when I was gone. But I was there waiting for something, and I actually saw that after each patient, they steam clean the floor (laughs) of the examination room. Now, audience, how good is that? Dr. Buckley, I commend you yet again. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. And before we go, I'd like you to give your location. Um, I know you said we said the cities, but at least give the location in Renton and the phone number. The location in Renton is is 4300 Talbot Road South, Suite 315 in Renton, Washington. Our phone number is area code 425-822-7426, and that will be able to you'll be able to reach all three of our offices and schedule an appointment. And um, our office in Kirkland is located near Evergreen Hospital in Kirkland, right across the street from the emergency room. And the Renton office is located near Valley Medical Center. Very easy to find. Excellent. I'm so glad you were able to join me today. And I look forward to you coming back soon. How about Thank that? Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you very much. I appreciate being here. Excellent. Okay, audience, until next time. <laughs> <laughs>